0: This episode is part of a series where I interview experts on various areas around mental health. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help now, call 000, Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36 anytime for support and advice. Stress is something that we experience on a regular basis. Sometimes it's very minute, and we just pass on, and sometimes don't even realize we're feeling stressed. And sometimes it can actually take, it can have a serious toll on our on our days. Um, today, I've invited Laura McVeigh, which is, who is a provider at the Australian Counseling Service, um, to talk to us about this topic because, as a counselor, um, she is probably one of the most qualified people to discuss the, the topic of stress. And um, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. It's um it, before I jump into stress and you know I've got so many questions I want to ask you. Um, can you maybe give us a bit of a background about yourself? Because I know no you're worries. not just a counsellor and you do a f- you do a few other things.
1: I do. I've got a bit of a mixed background. Uh, I'm a Reiki master. I'm previously qualified as a remedial massage therapist. I've toyed with some hypnosis. Uh, but really counseling and giving people the space to sort out their problems in a supportive environment has turned out to be my passion. But I find all the other information I've learned along the way really does help to support the counseling service. So I'm very excited to to pitch in with that.
0: Yeah. And no, in, 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 would I be right in saying that stress is something that, I mean, we all experience on a day-to-day basis here and there, but obviously it can be more serious in certain circumstances. And But before we you know, actually, before you even answer that question, can maybe can you explain what stress actually is? Because I'm sure we all have our own versions of stress.
1: Yes, of course. And uh, there's actually a really interesting quote that I think might help clarify a bit of stress. Uh, it's been floating around, and I'm not quite sure who to attribute it to. But the same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. And stress is similar to that. We all experience that boiling water or our stress daily, and it can be chronic, it can be acute. Um, We generally feel like this when we're responding to a threat or feeling under pressure in a situation where we can't control it. And the way we respond is a very personal, very personal experience. We may just cruise through and be, meh, we're fine. I'll just go for a run, it'll be okay all the way through to trauma where you really do need to be seeing a mental health professional.
0: Yeah. Wow. And, and also on in, in your experience, what would you say is, like? Mean, would you say that if somebody is under some serious stress, that it's something that they realize they are going through at that time? Or is it, could it be something that they don't even realize that it's, it's there?
1: Quite often people don't realize it's there. So when you start to think about For example, if you're a member of society dealing with a natural disaster or a terror attack or something quite big like a pandemic, there's a tendency to just get on with it because everyone is suffering. We're all going through this. But you might start to feel symptoms like physical signs such as tense muscles, lots of headaches, digestive issues, uh, issues with your heart rate and blood pressure, sleep disturbances, all of those things that we just pass off as, oh, I just didn't sleep well last night, or I am um, you know, I did some gardening, my back's a bit sore, but it could actually be a sign of chronic stress.
0: And also when it comes to, um, I mean, if, if, if someone's in a situation and they've literally just realized that, you know, that stress is really getting to them um, and that they need to work out some ways of sort of, you know, of dealing with that immediately. Um, Are there some tips that you'd give um, even from personal experience or from a professional experience that would help somebody sort of deal with that?
1: Absolutely. One of the first things I'd suggest doing is realizing that there's nothing wrong with stress. Some stress is good and it, you know, that stress response is a sign that something is causing... keep saying stress, don't I? That stress, it's just a sign that maybe something is wrong or it's causing you some problems. And that's really just a sign to change something. But then we get into the nitty gritty of it where there are two different ways this could go. You can get rid of the stressor. So for example, you're in a sports team and they're putting you under a lot more pressure than you expected to come to meetings every day of the week and do lots of fundraising that you weren't expecting. That can cause pressure, but you've got the option to leave that sports team. So that's option one. Option two is where you can't get rid of that stressor. For example, you're under financial pressure or you're in a natural disaster area or you've got lots of house repairs that are happening. They're not the sort of situations that you can just say, you know what, I'm done, I'm leaving, and then you need to learn how to manage that stress. And I think a lot of people don't realize as well that different things work on different days. So if we talk about some of the best management techniques, they don't always work all the time. For example, some days the gold standard for stress management is to move. So go for a walk, a run, do some dancing, move your body and really get that adrenaline and cortisol out of your body. Another really helpful technique is to breathe. So, you'll hear this all the time. You know, you're breathing in long, slow, deep breaths, and the out breath is longer than your in breath. And that really lowers the adrenaline in your body as well. One of those might work better on one day than another. So, it's really just checking in and saying, you know what, I, I'm not going to go for a run today. I'm going to do some breathing.
0: Wow, that, that actually makes a lot of sense because sometimes it's the simple things, isn't it? Like if, if somebody, because I think it's like anything, when you're in a situation, you just feel, you just, your your vision is very narrow. Um, and it's it take I think we underestimate the benefit of just stepping back and and just doing something as simple as that.
1: Absolutely. Because another symptom of stress that you might recognize are those mental health sort of symptoms where you start jumping to a conclusion or you catastrophize because everything is completely awful and it's never going to get better. Or you start blaming other people. It's like, this is your fault. You've made this happen. And really, just stepping back if you're able to is a fantastic way to get a bit of perspective, which is why one of the third things that people recommend for stress management really is meditation and it doesn't suit everyone. I'm not someone that can sit you know uh, in your typical or well, your stereotypical cross-legged mantra chanting position. But meditation has been proved to give you that different perspective. It lowers your stress hormones and it's really grounding so you do get to deal with the stresses. More effectively.
0: What about when it comes to? I mean, like in some situations um, where somebody has the option to, you know, like what you said, to, to get rid of the stressor, so to so to leave a sports team or to to maybe change jobs and move into a different environment or to to stop a project that they're working on or or essentially to give up on something or someone. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on like, for example, for me, my personality style is to not give up. Um, I don't. Um, I'm one of those people, if I commit to something, I do it. And t- to me, I'd feel like I'm, I'm failing, essentially, if I was to sort of, you know, commit to a sports team and then just leave halfway through because it's stressing me out. Yeah, um, Where's the line? Because obviously there's a line where it's like, okay, stress could be pressure. You know, it could be good. Like I like to work under pressure. So there's, I guess, the, the, and I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, but th- there is a line where, you know, the stress and pressure is a really, really good thing and it can help productivity, but then there's a point where it doesn't and it just literally ends up causing more damage than good? Or is it dependent on the personality style of the person?
1: I hate it when people answer these sorts of questions with, it depends, but it really depends. Um, A lot of these coping mechanisms, they're fine and they'll work until they become destructive. And it's the same with stress and pressure. So if you're in a sports team or a band or doing a project, and it's stressful, but that stress gives you the the motivation to do it. And you're like, nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna win. I'm gonna beat this. I can totally make this project happen. And you find it motivational, then that's good. If it becomes destructive and you're dreading going to to your team meets, or you just can't sleep, or you've got headaches all the time, or you just oh, I can't believe Bob made me sign up for this sports team. i it's all his fault. It's when it reaches that sort of destructive level where you go, what am I getting out of this? Is this causing more harm than good? Again, it depends because sometimes you may not be able to get out of that situation. But then you'd start looking at what are the benefits of staying? What are the benefits of leaving? What are the long-term benefits of staying and leaving? Because if we go back to the house situation, for example, and you've got lots of repairs and they're causing lots of stress- you can stop doing the repairs and short-term that might be of benefit because you've got less stress in dealing with renovations, etc. But long-term, it's not helpful because your house is a wreck and you probably have to move. So it really does depend on what the situation is, what's the long-term benefit or not of the situation and how you can cope with that in a constructive way. Does that make sense?
0: Definitely. And, and, oh, and, I, and I, like, yeah, I like that you say it that way because, I mean, it, it does depend and- I think as well and this is just from personal experience that sometimes and even with clients actually um, of my clients when I talk to them about these these issues that sometimes they could be going through sometimes it couldn't even sometimes it's not even the stress it's the way that they're approaching the situation so for example if they hate going to the sports to training and that, that someone regrets being part of a sports team and it's really stressing them out it, sometimes they or even talking to someone, they can work out that it's not actually the sports theme that's stressing them out. It's the mm. drive to the to training, for example, because of absolutely. that time of the day, or it could be the the task that they have when they go there. They're in charge of I don't know filling up bottles of water, for example, and they probably mm. hate doing that, and they prefer to be doing something else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So talking it out often is helpful to you know actually figure out what the problem is because it's easy to lump it together and say, I, I hate sport, I don't want to be in a sports team when really you find the drive stressful, as you say.
0: Or, or sometimes it could be that coach. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> exactly. you should be part of the sports team but you need a different coach.
1: Definitely. And it's really interesting because one of the other stress management techniques uh, suggested is to have a friendly, positive social interaction because it reminds us that the world is safe. So you might go and have a, a quick chat with a co-worker or a member of that sports team. And it, it literally reminds you that the world is safe and there are nice people in it. Maybe not your coach, but somebody else.
0: That's so true. And also, uh, a big part of dealing with stress, from my experience, um, is sometimes changing your environment just to get your mind off things. Um, and I think that could be a bad thing as well, because sometimes I'm assuming some people can then create bad habits um, or, or addictions, I'm sure, can come out of th- you know these situations. but Absolutely. But also in a positive light, like for example, just going for a walk or like what you said, talking to someone where you sort of just, you're not thinking about that one thing just for like a couple of minutes even, or five minutes just to get it off your shoulders.
1: Absolutely. To change the environment is, I'm sure everyone has heard of cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's one of the big, the big cycles in there is to recognize the behavior and the thought pattern and the action that you're taking and pick one of those and change it. So if you find that you're in. You've just come out of a work meeting and it was really high stress. You can change that environment and go for a walk. And uh, some studies recently have shown that being in nature, even for fifteen twenty minutes at a time, is very effective for lowering stress hormones in the body.
0: Actually, that that's true. And can we? I, I don't. I'm not sure if you know much about that side of things, but uh, I read this paper once that said that something like the smell of fresh grass being cut. Um, and, and all these things in the environment that they literally have an effect on, like it, it all comes down to neuroscience, like literally the the, the brain, the brain reacts differently to certain smells and the feeling of certain things in the environment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You'll find, uh, I believe it's the amygdala. So the amygdala in the brain is the lizard part of the brain that tries to keep us safe. So that's where that flight, fight, freeze, fawn response comes in. And it, it, it senses a problem, whether it's a giant thing like there's a tsunami or there's a small thing like, oh no, I don't want to go to this sports team. And it immediately lights up the nervous system to try and keep us safe. So a lot of these stress responses, we're literally trying to hack the amygdala and tell it we're safe. You can lower the adrenaline. You can lower our cortisol. Um, It's safe for us to rest.
0: And with the amygdala as well, and this is – I listened to a presentation once and somebody was talking about this. So please let me know if I've explained this wrong. Um, and I know this neuroscience is probably not your area of expertise. Well,
1: out of my area, but still fascinating.
0: Um, it's apparently this is why a lot of people get sick when they go on holidays. Because when if they, if they're working in a stressful environment where their amygdala is always in overdrive and it's always in that defensive mode, and the, their their body just gets used to that, the second they go on a one week break and they literally just relax. It, then the, the, their guard essentially drops down and that apparently does something to the immune system where the immune system just relaxes way back and suddenly isn't as, as active anymore. And
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it's what a lot of literally say. not they as effective. sick when they go on holidays. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a bizarre phenomenon, isn't it? That you'd think I'm doing the right thing. I'm having a break from this environment. I'm going to go have a wonderful holiday with my family and my friends. And then you're sick just because yeah. your brain and your body have said, oh, I'm safe. I'm well. Nothing is going to get in the way of this holiday.
0: And, and, and also on that note as well, when you when you talked about being in a work environment, for example, I'd, I'd love to get just some practical tips off you um, for those listening to this um, on how they can communicate to other people that they're stressed. Because, you know, I've been in situations, I'm, I'm always in situations, actually, when I'm around people where they're stressed, I can tell they're stressed, they haven't told me they're stressed, but I've got... I've been around people enough to have decent intuition on these things. And when Mm -hmm. I can tell someone's stressed, I'll actually tell them, listen, I can tell you're really stressed at the moment or you probably have a bit going on, I understand, et cetera, et cetera. But I know there's, for a fact, that there's many, many situations where somebody will feel so stressed out and they literally just let it out on everyone. The other people will take it personally and it just creates this, this vicious cycle of negativity and you know a toxic environment essentially. If it's if we're talking work environments, so if you can if you can highlight, I guess, the importance of telling other people how you're feeling and um, and and maybe on how to have those discussions or just simple things that they can say to just make sure that it doesn't create this you know this this chain effect of negativity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the important things to know, particularly in a workplace, is to tell the right people. So if you're under pressure from a project or something, it's probably appropriate to tell your boss and say, hey, I'm really stressed about the timeline of this project, can we talk about it? Versus telling a gossipy coworker, oh, I'm really stressed about this project because then you run the risk of them, I don't want to say using it against you, but taking that information out of context and not giving you helpful information. So it's knowing who to tell what a lot of the time. And go back to some of these stress management techniques first. So if you can go outside for five minutes, go make a coffee, um, have a quick chat with a loved one on the phone, something to get yourself out of that stressful situation so you can go back into it with a bit more distance and perspective and then say, right, this coworker's behavior has caused me some stress. Who is the best person to talk to about this? Or this project is causing me stress. Who do I need to talk to about managing that better?
0: That's such a good point because our automatic reaction in these situations would be to tell the person next to us, oh, this is really stressing me out. Or,
1: yeah, did you hear what that person just said? I can't believe they said that, but that's not helpful.
0: <laughs> no, no, and even like complaining about someone, you know, or literally gossip, literally gossip, and then you're right, it creates this even more negative environment and then the person that can actually make the change or to help the situation doesn't even know what's going on.
1: Absolutely, and if you're telling the wrong people and then nothing changes – Maybe you'll just sit there wallowing in this horrible workplace environment where nothing is changing, nothing's getting better, the stress is feeling worse and worse, when all it is is you need to create some distance for yourself, decide what you need out of the situation, and then approach the appropriate people.
0: Yeah. So really telling someone that cares.
1: Yeah, pretty uh, much. Not that your
0: coworker worker doesn't care, but no, that they no, of care course about not. different things than um, what your boss would that can actually make a change or the manager can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember being in a situation well before I was in counselling. It was a fairly competitive corporate environment and I was really struggling with this project. So I thought the lady who was my semi-unofficial mentor, I had a quick chat with her and said, oh, geez, this project, whew, they're expecting a lot. I'm not sure I can do it. She And I thought oh, my supportive coworker, this is great. I'm going to get some good advice. And she said, oh, hun, just go have a coffee. Come back. We'll sort it out while i was off having my little distancing break she went to my boss told him that i was completely incompetent and the project was taken from me which caused so much more stress when what i should have done in the first place was go to my boss and say hey i'm worried that this project has created some unrealistic expectations and that's causing me a bit of stress can we talk about this
0: and and i think with all that it comes down to training yourself to deal with stress doesn't it because it's uh, f- 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 like those that work in i mean we always hear the word high performance individuals, mm. but basically people that regularly work in stressful environments, they normally are better at it. I'm assuming, I'm, I'm sure a lot of it comes down to their personality style and so many other things. But a big part of it would be is that they're used to being in that environment. And if somebody isn't, it's it's harder. So, and those that are used to being in stressful environments probably have their own techniques and ways that they've developed over the years that probably help them. To get through those certain situations.
1: Absolutely. And it does, you're right, it does come down to personalities as well. Some people do thrive in that really fast paced environment where they're under a lot of pressure. Who knows what that's doing to their body in terms of stress hormones, but they thrive in that environment. And if they're not doing, if it's not destructive to them, and if their coping methods aren't destructive, then go for it if they're thriving. Other people, don't thrive in that environment and it's harder for them to cope. So that horrible phrase, it depends. It really just depends on the person and how they manage and the situation that they're in.
0: Yeah. And, and also who can someone see? So if, if somebody feels like they need help with stress um, and that they want to seek help externally, um, what are some of the you know some resources that you'd recommend, whether it's a, an online website or a person they should talk to. Not a person in particular, but I guess the type of people to look out for, and probably the type of people to maybe not go to first. It depends.
1: I am. I'm going to say it depends, and Good. I'm so sorry. That's the title of this episode: Stress Management. It depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Um, if you're feeling low, I'm not going to. I don't mean to diminish it, but if we're talking about a low-stress situation, sometimes just talking to a friend and getting that reassurance from someone who loves you or cares about you, that can be enough. If we're talking very high-end significant trauma, then that person probably needs to go and see a mental health professional and they can start by probably going to their general practitioner and talking about getting a mental health care plan if if they're ready for that. And they'll be referred to the appropriate psychiatrist or psychologist for really traumatic work. Having said that, counsellors are a really good in-between point, but they can also deal with some traumas and they can also deal with lower end of the scale as well. So, really... It depends on the person and what style they like. Some people like a really directive, we're going to do this exercise and we're going to do X, Y, Z. And some people just need to come in and talk to someone, get it all off their chest and then start saying, what do I need to do next? How can I manage the next steps? So your GP and a mental health care plan is a really good option contacting a counsellor in your area is another really good option. I always vote for that one because as a counsellor, I can see the benefits, but I've seen counsellors myself in the past and it's always been really very helpful.
0: And I assume, you know, part of that message as well as to to really, if you can, um, try to identify between the issues that aren't that serious and the ones that are, because I'm assuming in, there are many situations where somebody won't actually think that the situation is serious when really it mm. is And
1: Absolutely. And I'm not sure everyone's heard of the spoons theory for dealing with chronic illness and the energy that that expends, but there's another theory called the fork theory. You know that uh, stick a fork in me, I'm done? Yes. Yes. Okay. So without trying to make too light of it, a person can deal with so many forks and I think it's probably very much a pun on the other F word. Uh, So some forks are big, some are small, but everyone has a different level of tolerance. So you might have your house rates are due and your kid has a cold and you've got a new project at work and that you might be fine with coping with all of those, but then you stub your toe and that's too many forks. So the variety and the the bigness or the largeness of the issue – it all comes together. Some people might be able to cope with one tiny thing versus somebody else that can cope with seventeen big things. And it is a very personal it is very personal how somebody copes and manages with those and what sort of resources they have available to them to help.
0: Yeah. That that, that makes a lot of sense, Laura. That makes so oh, good. much sense. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't
1: and- sure if I should include that because a lot of people don't like the levity of that, but some people can cope with some just I hear about some stories and I think, how are you still standing? And other people, it's the smallest thing a- and they can't cope.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. of course. And there's literally no right or wrong scenario, it's just that Absolutely we're all different. Not. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and Laura, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you, uh, what would you say would be, um, the, the best way for them to do that?
1: To get in contact with me, the best way at the moment is via email. So that's counseling at com.
0: Um, and, and what I'll do is I'll put your email in the description of this episode as well, so that people thank you, that can, would be can great. Find it easier. Um, and, and lastly, Laura, I like to finish off our episodes uh, with a dad joke.
1: Oh, I Just love dad jokes! I'm so excited many for many this.
0: Um, what is faster, a hot or a cold? A cold? It's, uh, no, it's it's a hot because you can catch a cold. <laughs> I thought it was obvious.
1: Love it. That's beautiful.
0: <laughs> I thought it was an obvious one, but oh gosh, go. I wasn't even thinking. That's cold. Yeah. Oh, my son actually told me that one on the weekend, so he's making me proud lately.
1: What a champion!
0: <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time, Laura. I appreciate it so much, and um, and it's yeah, such a. And this is a topic I'm sure you can talk about for hours and hours. Anyway, absolutely. Um, only because it depends. Yes. Unfortunately, it really depends. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for joining us on sharing more than the sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.